Welcome to the State of Utah podcast. My name is Clint Betts. What's your name? Elizabeth Converse. Elizabeth, how are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? Very good. I'm actually doing really well. There's a lot going on as of late. A lot going on. A whole lot. All right. So the State of Utah podcast is where we talk about issues. Does that sound right? <laughs> yeah, sure. Feel good about that? Issues, definitely. All right. So we're going to go through some stories, some political stories. You're a political genius. Yeah, yeah, sure. We'll go You're with that. a political dynamo. And all I do is win. Wow. Yeah. That's big. Yeah. So you are way into politics and you know everything there is to know about it. Absolutely everything. You uh, lead the Silicon Slopes Commons organization. Yes, I do. And all of its political operations. Yes, I do. Um, I don't know what I do for Silicon Slopes Commons. <laughs> or really, just generally. So uh, Senator Mitt Romney said he will go ahead and participate in the confirmation hearings for the Supreme Court. Yeah, so I, I think the biggest news out of all of that is Ruth Bader Ginsburg died last Friday and um, changed up the entire political landscape nationally from what we're looking at. So similarly to 2016, we're talking about uh, whether a Supreme Court justice who will be appointed and confirmed will be a conservative or liberal, as those choices may be, and the direction of the court from 5-4 leanings often to 6-3. So Senator Romney has said that he absolutely will participate in confirmation hearings because that's his constitutional responsibility as defined, which I totally agree with and understand. And he was not our state senator in 2016 when all of the other drama happened. But Mike Lee was, and Mike Lee very specifically stated unequivocally that Obama should not be able to nominate someone to fill Antonin Scalia's seat um, once he passed away. So it's a very interesting and confusing time, I think, for a lot of Americans, not only to remember what happened in 2016, but to understand why it's important. Well, it seems like both parties have just taken the opposite position of what they took in 2016. Exactly. They just, both of them just flopped over the other side. The difference being Republicans controlled the Senate in 2016? Mm-mm. They wanted to wait. I think it was like, it was no, super Republicans, close. Like when, when, yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure when they Obama nominated it. Garland, uh, Republicans controlled the Senate. Uh, Please excuse how me. How do I know more about this than you? Because there's been a pandemic and I get to pay how do, attention. How am I so much smarter than I you? get to pay attention very closely to state and local races, which, yeah. you know, you know, there's only so many, so much room in the filing so cabinet. So Obama nominated Merrick Garland to replace Antonin Scalia. Yes. Um, in his last year in office, there was an election going on. Just a couple months away, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was Hillary versus Donald Trump. Remember that race? Yeah, I do. I distinctly remember that um, race. And the Republicans controlled the Senate. Yes, yeah. So Obama did nominate Merrick Garland, yes. which he has the constitutional right to do. Yes. And the Senate did not advise and consent on his nominee. Yeah. As they have the right to do constitutionally. Uh, I don't know about that. So advice and consent is interviews and an up or down vote, essentially. And the committee can recommend it, recommend um, approving the person to the Supreme Court or they can recommend not approving to the Supreme Court. Uh, they just kind of refuse to do anything like any of it, where now a lot of people are saying it's our constitutional duty to provide this service to the president. So it's an interesting turnaround. And again, the other side 
Democrats now are saying. Well, they're just saying absolutely. the exact opposite. They're saying they're Democrats are saying the exact same thing that Republicans were saying in 2016. Yeah. Like nobody knows who the president's going to be at the beginning of next year, so let that president decide yeah. who the Supreme Court nominee is. And if you believe the polls, it's looking very likely uh, that the Democrats will control the Senate next year, um, which is a big deal. And it's looking, you know, Biden appears to be leading in the presidential polls. Who knows what that means? Yep. That means absolutely nothing yep. after 2016, <laughs> as, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, um, I agree. But that it appears as though he's leading. Uh, and it appears that uh, Donald Trump will appoint a third justice to the Supreme Court. Yes. Regardless of whether he wins the election or not. Yeah. And the person that everybody's talking about right now, her name's Amy Coney, Bar- Coney Barrett, mm-hmm. um, which I love that middle name. I'm originally from Oklahoma. And if you've ever been to a Sonic, you know what a Coney is. Um, so Amy Coney Barrett, she's actually a pretty even killed person who's stood pretty firm on the vast majority of her decisions. And she's able to differentiate really accurately the differences between being a justice, like being a judge on the bench versus in her like professional teaching roles where it is her job to make people think differently about things or it is her job to critique things that are happening. So I'm curious. I think it's going to happen one way or the other, but I'm really curious to see what happens with her on the bench. Yeah. And now what Democrats are saying is like, hey, if Biden wins the presidency and if we take control of the Senate, our response to this is going to be to expand the court. There's no constitutional requirement that there needs to be nine justices. Yep. There can be as many justices as people yeah, want. Yeah, we could have there. 435 like we do in the House. So uh, the Democrats are saying that's what they want to do, or at least some of them are saying that, so they could stack the court back. This is really, if we're being honest, all about Roe v. Wade. Yes. Um, and putting Amy... Uh, on there and really having a pretty good uh, majority of conservatives on the court currently um, makes it more likely that Roe v. Wade will be overturned. So I was listening to an interview this morning on my way into work, as many people do, and I can't remember who they were talking to, um, but the idea essentially behind the conversation was that Roe v. Wade probably will never be fully overturned, but it could be significantly limited by the federal government if we have a more conservative court, for sure. Yeah. But I also I don't I don't see that as a problem as much. I think, you know, that's the balance of power that you get. So it's always good to have some sort of push and pull when it comes to what, 300 33 million Americans, it's always good to have another branch of government pulling back the other way. So it's it's going to be a battle to the end for sure. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if the Democrats actually follow through with expanding the court. I, I imagine the country's not going to be in favor of that. I would hope not. But, but I mean, um, as far as I know, there's no nothing blocking the president from doing so. They may very well do it. Yep. They may very well do. All right. Then we've got a we got a presidential debate coming up. Yes, we do. Yeah, let's not even talk about it. All right. So <laughs> uh, there was this autistic 13 year old boy who was shot by police after his mom called um, asking for help. Yeah. So he was having a psychological episode um, and, his, and they shot him. His mom called the police asking for the police to help her get him to the hospital. She she didn't want him arrested. She didn't want to press charges. She wanted to get him to a facility that would have significantly helped him during that time. And 
that is not what the outcome was. And I watched the well, videos. Well, they shot him. Yeah, they, they shot him a lot. A 13-year-old um, boy. I think the total was 11 times, and he was hit in both ankles, his bladder, his intestines, and a shoulder, I believe. And in the video, it's heartbreaking. He says, tell my mom I love her. He th- like, he straight up thinks he's going to die. Tell my mom I love her. Well, I hate that story. Yeah. What's going on in Salt Lake City? A lot. I mean, Salt Lake, uh, to be fair, Salt Lake is one of the most populous cities in the state. So we've got a lot of people that have to be regulated. But also the Salt Lake City Police Department pulled out of a specialty training several years ago that would have provided additional training and like specialized groups of police officers to go deal with mental health calls. And this kind of goes back to a little bit about what you and the sheriff and you and Representative Romero talked about last Sunday is the sheriff straight up said, we don't want to be mental health professionals. That's not what we're trained for, but we also don't want our budgets cut. And that's kind of where that balance is. And on the video, um, the body cam video of the officers, one of the officers is really uncomfortable going on a mental health call because there's no one else in the house. There's no one in danger. And she very clearly says that she wants to call the sergeant and figure out a different way to handle this. And then that 13-year-old ends up shot. How in the world do you shoot a 13-year-old boy? I don't have an answer for that. I don't get it. I don't Particularly 11 times. Yeah. He, he... You had the option to do basically anything else. Yeah. And they're, and they're armed with other things. There's, um, speculation that the boy indicated to the officer who shot him that he had a gun and his mother said that he had a toy gun that he might have on him. He might not. Um, even still he was running away from them. And so he was shot 11 times while running away from them. I hate it. I hate it. Uh, that's depressing. It's real hard. All right. Another other big news. Uh, COVID-19. You ever heard of it? I have. Do you call it COVID-19 or do you call it coronavirus? I think I call it coronavirus in yeah. conversation. A I'm lot of people call you, it. So I call it COVID-19. Yeah. The a lot smart of people, people call, call it the COVID, COVID which yeah. I find really amusing because, you know, there's actually quite a few of them. Utah is seeing the biggest spike since the pandemic began. Yep. Did you know that? Yes. And Utah County is accounting for a lot of that. Yep. Uh, and a lot of people are blaming this, uh, these parties. Yeah, the Kwaku. I don't know how to say his name uh, right. I'm so get, sorry if you're listening. I don't get how they blame that over like, like there's like a million things going on. In Utah yeah, County. there are a million things going on in Utah County. It's like we're singling out people which i don't like well i think early on you saw you saw the exact same thing early on in um when the virus started is that millennials and gen zers didn't care about the virus and you have tons of interviews of these people being like oh the government made it up or oh this is just a an attack from china and all these crazy crazy things and i think it's just a resurgence of that so we're seeing another spike we're seeing another spike in coverage and we're seeing another spike in blame and it's really really easy to blame other people instead of take personal responsibility yeah the blame thing is odd uh the health department the utah county health department says yeah we don't we can't probably not spike from these parties that's not that doesn't make a lot of sense yeah they're not finding it they're not tracing <laughs> it back to <laughs> yes, those parties probably yeah. not the parties but you know they keep writing that story that it is yep and now this young 20 year old kid uh is stuck with that for the rest of his life yeah the villain you of imagine utah. like being held accountable for the rest of your life based no. on what you did when you were in your early 20s in college. I got to be honest, I'm super grateful that social media was not nearly as prevalent as it is right now. I don't like that. I mean, you t- the Spanish Fork had like a rodeo where the whole stands were filled. Yep. 
right? Understand. Like, and there's been protests, there's been farmers markets, there's been a million things where yep. people have gathered. Absolutely. And we're, I don't, I don't get why we're destroying this kid's life. I Although he shouldn't be doing it, but also, like I saw someone on Twitter saying that they should go hose him down. What? Can you believe that? That's super racist. Yeah, and this is a black man. Whoa. Yeah. That's not okay. And then someone else said like they should put like acid in super soakers and stuff. It's crazy. This is what happens when you cover crap like this. I mean, <sighs> people get nuts. That's wild. They want I, they weren't they weren't they didn't say specifically hose him down. They said they want to hose down the people like po- attending the doing, parties. Doing the parties. Yeah. Yeah, which still not a great look. No. If you know anything about no. and anything. I, I think I also get it from their side too. Like I miss my friends. I miss my family. I want to I want to be able to go see my parents. I want to Yeah, but you don't think COVID-19 is real. It's of course not. It's just all a hoax. <laughs> it's just a giant hoax, you know. So BYU seeing cases, the football game was canceled. Yeah, as of yesterday, so it wasn't canceled. They just can't have they can't have guests in the seats in the stands. No, they canceled the Did game. They? Uh they or they rescheduled it. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So when they could have fans? Yeah. That's so bizarre. So that's that's kind of No, they rescheduled uh, one a while ago because the army the, one. Yeah, the army. Yeah, because their team was sick. Yeah. And that's that's kind of the interesting thing. So the U planned on having like a weird break. A, like two week long break leading up to the vice presidential election, which will be held on the U's campus. Um, so they were already transitioning to fully online for a couple of weeks. But BYU has been super, super resistant, although they did just like reprimand 15 students and I think two of them withdrew. Um, so it's it's an interesting shift between the universities and how they're handling it and like what teams are playing team sports and what aren't and who's going to class on campus and who's not. Wouldn't you agree that Utah County is quite a bit better than Salt Lake County? No. I mean, quite a bit nope. better. No. It's not even like actually that close, do you think? You're you right. I don't think it's close. I do not <laughs> think it's close. All right. So COVID spiking. I don't know. It's everywhere. It's in. It's in our. It's in our high schools too. That's the crazy thing. It's you want to talk. You if you want to talk trash on Salt Lake County, let's talk trash on Salt Lake County because our high schools are not doing well, well right you, now. You just did with the autistic. Oh no, that's the police. The police aren't the county. The police aren't the culture. That doesn't count. Not at all. But we're really, really good at getting high school students really, really sick. Yeah, Salt Lake County sucks. You're yeah. right. Yeah. Um, all right. So, COVID nineteen. Governor had a press conference. Do you watch those anymore? I watched yesterday's because I knew changes were coming and was kind of hoping for a little bit more. But you know, you get what you get. Provo and Orem are now back to orange. Yep. I think it's the only. City's... I don't know what that means. I don't um, either. I don't really get the color thing. And uh, last night, did we already say this, that the county commissioners issued a mask mandate for all of Utah County? No, we, we did not. That. No. Um, so we're going to have Tanner Ainge on the Sunday <sighs> yep. show to talk about this. So yep. stay tuned for that. But um, yeah, they issued a mask mandate. That's interesting. Nathan Ivey, Tanner Ainge in the Utah County Health Department. Bill Lee did not. I actually don't know legally anything. Like, uh, if it I don't know why they d- haven't done that. Well, it doesn't matter at all. Yeah. Here's the thing about mask mandates is who's enforcing them. Well, and like in Salt Lake County, the individuals don't get fined for mask mandates. The companies that the individuals patronize get fined, So, which is backwards let me, let to me, me. Let me backtrack. I think it matters because I think more people will do it yeah, rather than not. Yeah, if there's a mandate. So yeah. It's not like it's like entirely toothless. But there is no enforcement of these things. Yes. Nor probably should there be. Yeah. Can you imagine? Um, I... 
I don't know about that. Should there be? But yeah. You want, you want police roaming no. the streets? Not at all. Not at all. I I think that they're, like for many other things, like driving over the speed limit, you're putting mm. other people's safety in jeopardy. I think that there should be some sort of fine associated because I think when you tell people, no, you're going to owe the government money, <laughs> they're much more likely to comply. Like if, if, you, if you didn't have to, if like paying your taxes was just kind of something that some people did or a lot of people did and the government said, oh, you should really do this, but there was no fine or jail time at this point without paying your taxes, a lot of people wouldn't do it. They would just wash their hands of it. You're supposed to pay taxes? Yeah. I yeah. don't do that. <laughs> No that sounds so accounts. dumb. <laughs> that sounds so dumb. All right, so COVID nineteen is spiking. What yep. do you want? Everywhere, it's everywhere. So I, 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 this is kind of a weird story to bring up, but it amused the snot out of me. So I used to work at the legislature a long time ago in a different life, and I loved it. I loved both sides of the aisle. They were fantastic people to work with. It was a lot of fun. Um, but everyone is related. Mm. And it's so bizarre. And I and again, I'm not a native of Utah. I love this state. I love the people of this state. Particularly Utah County, you love. Sure. I'll mm. I'll go with that for right now. But we I I remember sitting in a meeting and one of the people that I worked for was um speaking in this committee hearing and he was saying something that was really upsetting to a lot of the other people in the group. And then another person who represents a completely different part of the state said something to the extent of, well, I'm not inviting you to the next family reunion. And I remember being like, and he was kidding, right? It was all good natured. But I remember being like, oh, wait, they are all related. And everybody Mm. knows each other. Because even though they spend a relatively short amount of time together, they do become fast friends. You know, it's that whole trench warfare kind Mm. of thing. And recently... Um, Senator Dan McKay, who represents Riverton, has been the lawyer for Representative Phil Lyman, who was convicted of federal, like a federal misdemeanor, I think. For what? Um, He rode an ATV into BLM lands that were closed off as a protest to federal control of of lands in the state. Yeah. What did he get? He got a felony for that? No, no, no. It was, it was, it's like a federal misdemeanor because oh, it's like a cares? federal issue. So it has to be tried in federal court. I probably do that every day. Uh, you shouldn't admit to that because he right now owes $96,000 to the courts. I, I don't even pay taxes. So <laughs> why, why would I pay a fine? That's fair. You can admit anything on the State of Utah show. You're, you're, you're all in the clear. I don't even pay taxes, let alone pay fines. <laughs> Everyone listening, you have clergy cover. Sounds like Dan McKay is who I need to call. Is Was Dan McKay the guy who ran with Jeff Birmingham? Yeah. 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 Guy. Yeah. When it, I, I was really amused because he's a real estate lawyer. He's not a criminal defense lawyer. So, And the stories about the actual hearing are even funnier. It's just a whole bunch of people who nobody knows entirely what's going on and... Yeah, but it, it just reminded me of, of all the weird interconnectedness. Like like Spencer Cox is related to a bunch of different people who either are currently serving or used to serve in the legislature, and he's going to be our next governor. And, like, I mean, that's got to make hmm. Thanksgiving and Christmas kind of stressful. Breaking news to Chris Peterson. You just lost the gubernatorial race today. <laughs> Liz has called it. Liz just called the race on this show. I mean, it happens. Uh, Thanks for coming on our show, Chris. <laughs> really appreciate that. Uh, all right. So Dan McKay, interesting. Uh, what's going to happen with this Phil guy? Is he going to get off? 
I don't think so. I don't think so. I I think they're going to make him pay the fine, but they're just trying to figure out how and why. And You know, a lot of people give the Republicans flack on the fact that the federal government owns so much of Utah. Mm-hmm. And those people who do are dead wrong. The federal government shouldn't own as like they're the federal government owns like weird pieces of property in like Salt Lake. Yeah. It makes no sense. Well, I mean I'm fine with the the canyons and the land shore, whatever. But some of this some of the land they own makes no sense. Like what? They own like plots in like downtown Salt Lake City. Yeah, that's pretty normal. No, I don't like it. They, get off! Get they, off my lawn! Get off my lawn! Get off my lawn! Get out of my backyard! Not yeah. my backyard! Federal government yeah. is that what you're saying? I'm a NIMBY. <laughs> when it comes to the federal government, I'm a NIMBY. Hey, you don't even live in Salt Lake County. What are you talking about, I man? Actually, yeah, I don't care. Federal government can own the whole thing. Right. <laughs> I actually don't care at all. But I have heard that there's going to be a big push around that. Probably. That's a little insider information for you. Yeah, so there's going to be a big push, but the the current Department of the Interior is like, we don't care. Our biggest protection is on these species that we're having to deal with out here. They're like, you can keep pushing all you want, but if the Department of the Interior isn't on your side, you're kind of SOL. Why is the Interior? They're, in, they're indoors. Who, where's the outdoor one? <laughs> they are the outdoor one. Uh, it's like nonfiction. I don't like that. Yeah. All right, so voting by mail. Oh, yeah. Is a big thing right now. It's as huge. You know. People are freaking out about it. I don't know why. So there's so there's so many things. And I mean, you know, the cesspool of social media. But people are screaming about vote by mail. And Utah has had vote by mail for a really, really long time. Right. Really, really long time. Seems to work. It's, it works crazy well. So the, the D News, the Deseret News came out with a poll recently that said 75% of respondents had used vote by mail. And 75% of respondents thought that their vote by mail was counted accurately. Now, whether they trust the United States Postal Office to deliver it right now is a little different, but Utah has been using it forever. And then the FBI, which, I mean, every state has an FBI branch, but the FBI here is suddenly very interested in making sure that voter fraud doesn't occur in Utah's vote by mail. And I, I mean, it's hard not to see that as low-hanging fruit. <laughs> like yeah. like the FBI branch in Utah can easily go back and be like, yep, nothing happened here because nothing's happened here for ages and ages and ages. And it's worked really well. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't really care. I don't, <laughs> I don't even think people should vote. Oh, don't do that to me. Clint. <laughs> I don't care who you vote for, but engage in the process. We are a representative government. I'm pro USPS, though. Yeah, I am, too. They seem to know what they're doing most of the time. Most of the time. Yeah. I imagine that there are some kinks in there, though, don't you think, around, like... I think there are natural kinks because there's a lot of, like, innovation around, um, automatic, like, making everything automatic and using machines to do different jobs. It is weird that in 2020 we vote by mail. I'm not saying, like, there's fraud. I don't care about that. I don't think there is. But that we, like, don't but it's vote weird by, like, that, email or Yeah, why can't you app? just do, like, a blockchain thing or, like, a secure vote and... I guess people wouldn't trust that either, huh? Well, I mean, it's Utah, hard to trust anything. Utah County's trying out some stuff. They tried out some stuff yeah, in the I last election with blockchain. Utah County's fantastic. <laughs> Great county. I've been trying to tell you this. But yeah, so it's going to be really interesting to see the results of that. But it is kind of crazy that we are so technologically dependent and yet vote by marking a dot on a piece of paper that we then. It's very strange. 
lick or seal and send with strangers to its final destination. And make sure you fill out your ballot with a red pen. No. Red pen. Please don't red listen to him. Red marker. <laughs> red is the big one. That might be my theme for this entire podcast. Please don't listen to him. <laughs> so you mentioned the Deseret News, and this is the story we're going to end on today. The Deseret News had a fascinating piece um, by Lois Collins titled American Couples in 2020, More Political Talk, Less Sex. Yep. How do you feel about that? Oh, man, I think it makes sense. Oh, my God. And I think it makes sense because, like, who... <laughs> I mean, we're sitting here right now, and I can tell you that this this political talk is not making me want to engage in anything. Like, it's just politics in, in the United yeah, States can downer. be pretty... Pretty down. So, so what the what the study shows is that they're they're talking about political and social issues so much that it, it hurts everything else in their life. Yeah, yeah, I saw that trend. It's just a downward trend for everything. Just everything. Yeah. going down. Yeah, the more you talk about politics, the worse your life becomes. So, what I would recommend uh, for for those listening, and this is a political show, and for some reason we've launched this whole show, and all we do is talk about politics. So it's going to come a little. It's going to sound a little weird coming from me. I don't talk about politics. Yep. Don't listen, do it. Who you cares? Can listen to us talk about politics. Listen, to, We'll do it for you. You can even listen to the show with your spouse. Maybe make it a date night activity. Don't do that. Family I, home evening. I can't imagine that. It gets anyone revved up. <laughs> I would hope not. <laughs> don't do that. But uh, I don't like that um, this trend is happening. Or I do. I don't care. Actually, you know, whenever I have a hot take like that, I actually immediately like, yeah, I don't care. Doesn't matter to me. I think, though, the sex trend has been declining over the past five years, regardless of mm. the political issues trend. So you do have to kind of look at that. Like, maybe the problem is really in the bedroom rather than the yeah. politics of the country. It's always been my experience. <laughs> um, all right. So everyone read. Uh, she was actually a long piece. Lois Collins. Everyone check it out. It's titled American Couples in 2020. More political talk. Less sex. sex. Interesting. Yep. Uh, read it in the Deseret News. They have interesting pieces like this quite often. Yeah, in they the really News. do. They do fascinating polls at the mm -hmm. Deseret News. Yep. Where it's just like, I, again, like I can't imagine. Imagine you're sitting at home, some like little poll worker from a call center. Yep. Probably a teenager. Yes. That's what I did when I was a teenager. Calls you up and say, hey, you talking about politics more and having less sex? And you're like, dude, I'm so glad you called. Yeah, let, let me let me really get into this. Let me dig into this. I'm with so you, glad stranger. you called. I hope this becomes a Lois Collins uh, piece on the Deseret News. <laughs> I got a lot to say. Exactly. Strap in. Exactly. And I've been on the other end of those polling calls, and no matter what, like you're just ranking things one to five, and it sounds awkward. If, like, how do you even respond to that question? It sounds awkward. It sounds like an awkward poll. Yeah. Basically, I don't believe it. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> or I do. I don't care. It seems like 3,000 people responded, I think, is what it said. But All right. What else do you have to tell our listeners before we end for the day? Um, I don't know. Keep your eye on the ball. I think. <laughs> what? <laughs> I know. It's so crazy. Keep your eye on the Let ball. Let me use some sports references really here. If you haven't watched The Social Dilemma, please do. It's streaming now, and it talks a lot about real news and fake news. And fake news spreads six times faster than real news does. And that is a real big problem in America. And if we had more real news and less fake news, we would all be less overwhelmed. Mm. Just saying. So keep your eye on the ball. Uh, great advice. That's always great advice. Oh, yeah. Keep your eye on the ball. And 
But speaking of real news, we have a real news program. Yes, Coming to you live on Sunday. Sunday mornings. Tell them who we have. We have Pat Bagley. <laughs> Pat Bagley, the cartoonist who caused all the all controversy. The all the drama. We talked to him. We have Ben McAdams. Yep. We're trying to get Burgess Owens. Burgess, what the hell? Yeah, what's up, man? What's going on? Why is it so hard to get Burgess? I don't know. It's crazy. It's kind of bizarre. I mean, we we got we got a congressman, a sitting congressman, before we got Burgess Owens. So, so we do have McAdams coming on. We have we've talked to a lot of people. I don't know who will be on this week and who won't. But yep. we talked to some gentleman who started a mushroom church, yep. like a psychedelic church. Former Senator Steve Burkhart. We had a long conversation about chocolate milk. <laughs> Tune in for the chocolate milk convo, guys. So uh, Sunday morning, every Sunday morning, the state of Utah, re- it's a real new show. I wear a tie as I'm wearing now. Yeah, he's wearing a tie right now, and most of you don't even see him. Like, most cool. of you are just listening to him. It's bizarre. It's cool. He's still got the short sleeve, though, you know. You hate the short sleeve? I do. Which makes me want to wear them even more. I know. Uh, all right, so that's the show for this week. Uh, Liz will be back on Wednesday, and everybody tune in on Sunday to the state of Utah. What a bold title. Yep. Okay, this was presented by Silicon Slopes Commons. Talk to everyone later. Ooh, that's so hot. That's official. That's amazing.